So let's go to Judges chapter 6. title of this message is Called to Deliver. We're going to deal with Gideon. Gideon's a strange individual. The story is strange. The story is funny at times. The story is weird at times. But we're going to see that as we go together. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 24. We'll be in that chapter most of the time. We'll jump around a little bit, but not too much, okay? Judges chapter 6, and we're dealing with Gideon, okay? Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Eberzite, and his son Gideon was beating out, listen to what's going on. He's beating out wheat in a wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. Keep thinking, right? The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? He said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, listen, behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So Gideon said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that's you who speaks to me. Please don't depart from here until I come back to you and bring out my offering and lay it before you. And he said, I will remain until you return. Then Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, unleavened bread from an epiphy flour. He put the meat in a basket, the broth in the pot, brought them out to him under the oak and presented them. The angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire sprang from the rock, consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord. He said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Gideon, called to deliver. In these verses, we find God visiting Gideon. Now, remember, it talked about the angel of the Lord, and we've, te- we've said this before in this church. Whenever you see a reference in the Bible, the, not an angel, but the angel of the Lord, it is always a reference to the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Amen? We okay with that? So if we understand that process, then it was Jesus who actually showed up and is talking with Gideon. Okay? There's a bad time in Gideon. Israel, verse 1, says, we've sinned against God. I, we, don't, we don't need those scriptures. But verse 1 says that Israel has sinned against God, and <laughs> it says that uh, God's kind of spanking them. 
Wow, that's unique. Do we get spanked once in a while? They're hiding in caves. Midian is so dangerous. Those soldiers are so dangerous against Israel that Israel is hiding wherever they can hide. And Midian is destroying everything. Verses 3, 4, and 5 will show you that Midian has come in and just destroyed. We don't care about you. We don't care if we kill you. We don't care if you die. We don't care if you starve. We don't care if your kids don't make. We don't care. They were destroying everything they could get their hands on. In verse 6 of that, first, of that chapter, it says that Israel cries for help. Have you ever done that? You don't have to raise your hand. Think about some of the things you've gone through in life. Think about where you've been. Think about what you've faced. Things that you had no responsibility over. Things that were done against you. Think about that for a moment. Have you ever cried to God? The nice thing when we cry out to God, God always hears. And I don't care whether you're saved or unsaved. God always hears. I know I've told you this story, but I love true stories. I'm going to tell it again. When we were, my wife and I were traveling as an evangelist on the road in our motorhome, we were in the Central Valley of California preaching in a little church. And I was sharing, I don't even know what I was preaching about, but in that particular message I was talking about people that have been saved in foxholes. How many have ever, anybody know anybody that got saved in a foxhole versus uh, World War II? You know what a foxhole is. That's a hole where foxes live. And so I was sharing that story as I was preaching. And I gave an altar call at the end of the service and people came up to be prayed for, to accept Christ. And this man was standing over on the edge, just waiting. I was done. I said, can I help you? And he came over and he told me his name. He said, I'm one of those. I said, you're one of what? He said, I'm one of those. Well, I don't know what that means. What, what are you talking about? He says, I gave my life to God in a foxhole in Europe. The shells are bursting all around us, fire all over the place, bullets all. And I was dug in as deep as I could. And I said to God, God, if you spare me, if you keep me alive, if you do that for me, I will serve you the rest of my life. He says, I am a foxhole redemptive person. God, save me. God, God will listen to not only the prayers of the saved, but he will listen to the prayers of the unsaved. We need to encourage people who don't know the Lord to call on him. Amen. Well, the other thing that you need to know is that Gideon is beating out wheat in a wine press instead of making wine. And no Italian likes that. You're supposed to make wine in a wine press. But they're hiding from Midian because Midian is destroying them. Well, crazy story. Enter Jesus, verse 12, we've already read it. The angel of the Lord. We've talked about the angel of the Lord. But the thing in verse 12, it says, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Are you kidding me? Valiant warrior? Are you joking, Jesus? Do you ever feel like God's joking with you? You want me to do what? You want me to go where? You want me to say, and you were saying, God, is this a joke? Oh, valiant warrior. <laughs> and, and Gideon hears this. 
And he says, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord, if you're with us, why has all this gone on? Why has this happened? Where are all the miracles? The daddy told him, blah, 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 blah. He goes on and explains to the Lord why the Lord doesn't sound very convincing. You've never done that. You, no, I'm sure. You, you're all look, you're look, you, you look too neat and clean and Christian-like. You've never told God. No, I understand. Where is, where is this God that we, we're supposed to know about? Okay. Where is he now? Now I need him. Where are you now? Every one of us have cried that out at one point in life. Where are you now? I need you. Gideon is upset, and I understand his being upset. Okay? So go to verse 14. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Wait a minute. We got this young guy. He's hiding from everybody. He's in a wine press trying to save wheat because Midian's stealing everything they do. You're calling me a valiant warrior. Now you want me to go out and save Israel from the enemy. <laughs> New hope? If you team up with God, nothing is impossible. This is not about Gideon. This is about this church. You know me by now. We've got a job to do for God. We've got a ministry in front of us. Whether I'm here or not, that's not the issue. The issue is who are you? Who do you think you are? Is God speaking to you? Are you laughing at God because you're saying, you've got to be crazy. That's, that's what Gideon was doing. He was basically telling the Lord, Lord, God, you're crazy. No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Why are we here, New Hope? This place was built years ago by someone I don't even know. Thank God they built it. I, I'm, I'm delighted. Why are we here today? What are we going to do with what we have, with the resources? Not just the physical resources, but our spiritual resources. What are we going to do with it? If we team up with God... You'd be surprised what God can do through us. There are people around here who need God badly. Go to verse 15. It's there. This is where we make excuses. I, I've, for, for 18 months, I have picked on Gary every Sunday. Everybody say amen. Because he deserves it. Say amen. Okay. So, you know, that's the way it is. He knows I love him. But listen to verse 15. It's Gideon. Oh, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? And he starts with his family line. My family is the least in Manasseh. In other words, we're at the bottom of the ladder here. Are you sure you're looking at the right family link for this job? Are you sure that we could do this? Let me tell you something, folk. God looks at you and he knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you are. He knows exactly what he, he's implanted in you. He knows exactly what you can accomplish if you trust him and work with him. Amen. How shall I deliver? My family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. So what he is saying is, I got excuses like you can't believe. You're talking to the wrong guy. 
You made a mistake, God. You ever tell God he made a mistake? I don't have what it takes, God. Aren't you glad you don't have what it takes? Because Jesus has what it takes. And when you clasp hands with him and start walking with him and recognize it's not you who's getting the job done, it's he working through you that's getting the job done, then you recognize the power of God. They used to say and people would work in committees, whether it was on the job, whether it was in church, other things. And they would say things like this, if you don't care who gets the glory, you can really get things done. The guy who wants to, well, I, this was my idea, <laughs> that's Gary. <laughs> no, it wasn't your idea. Uh, but if that's what you're after, if all you want is recognition, then you're not going to get anything done. But when the committee works together and they don't care whose idea it was, what they care about is the accomplished fact. God moves in a grand way. Well, I'm the, I'm the youngest in my daddy's house. They don't even want to look at me. I don't have what it takes. But Jesus has what it takes. And this is what I've got to get across to you today. This church, Jesus has what it takes, New Hope. Verse 16, but the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as one man. I have a question. You believe God when he talks? I mean, really, do you believe God? Or you just say, well, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but... I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. How in the world is one man going to def defeat an army like Midian? I want to know. I can't tell you the answer except God. New Hope, listen to me. God's power connected with your talents can defeat the enemy in this valley. Jesus is with us just like God was with Job. He is with new hope and we have a job to do in this valley. Somebody say amen. amen. Has nothing to do with me. Has everything to do with you and God. Well, I have a question. I always have questions. Why is dinner important? Verses 17 and 18. So Gideon said to him, he's talking to Jesus, the, the angel of the Lord, if I found favor in your sight, stick around. Show me a sign that it's you who speak with me. Please don't depart from here. I'll come back to you and bring out my offering and lay it before you. And, and Jesus, the angel, I'll remain until you come. Okay, well, good. Why is dinner important? Is Jesus hungry? The dinner that Gideon was preparing was Gideon's offering to God. He wasn't saying, you're hungry, you're my guest, I need to feed you. But he was preparing something personal to hand over to God. Okay? And when it comes out in verse 20, it says that God consumed that offering, which means he took it and said, it's mine now. God's not hungry for, for pasta, meatballs. You might be. What he's hungry for is you. Anthony, you, Jacob. He's hungry 
to hold you to him. He's hungry to absorb you in his heart, in his life. He's hungry so that he can work through every one of us in this church. He's hungry for that relationship. Gideon went in, he prepared the goat, the bread, all that good stuff, brings it back out. And in verse 20, after he's presented it to him, he does, God does this. Take the meat, the unleavened bread, lay it on the rock, pour it on the broth. He did so. The angel of the Lord put out the staff, was in his hand, touched the meat. The fire sprang up. Fire always talks about cleansing, purifying. Fire sprang up from the rock, consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Okay, I need to invite Jesus for dinner once in a while. So do you. No, not for pasta. I need to invite him so I can offer him something of my life. And he will accept it. And he will say, good job. That's us, New Hope. That's us. I don't know what New Hope has to offer except wonderful people. And wonderful talent. And a pure heart and love. That's big in this valley. I don't know about any church in this valley. I'm serious. I don't know. I have no idea what goes on in any church in this valley. I've never investigated I do know this. This church loves people. This church cares. This church reaches out. This church, this is you. And God is looking for a Gideon church right here who will not make excuses like Gideon did. Gideon brought the offering. God consumed the offering. And then God encourages Gideon in verse 22 and 23. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord. He said, oh, God, now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. These are the experiences we need. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're going to see God face to face, okay? But I'm suggesting that the presence of the Lord will come into your life in such a way that it will hit you the same way it hit Gideon. And when he saw the angel of the Lord, he knew he'd seen God. And when the, the Holy Spirit comes and deals with you, you know that it would be God dealing with you. And you will move forward and you will succeed. That's new hope. Well, he encouraged him. Peace to you, don't fear, you shall not die. I need to hear that once in a while. Don't you? You're going to be peaceful? You're going to be okay? You're not going to die? I'm not going to die until Jesus calls me. Neither are you. Well, I better move on. Well, we're okay now. Gideon's there. God's, Jesus has convinced him, uh, we got to go fight Midian. Midian's a big army. And, and, well, what's the next step in the program? If we're going to go fight an army, Clint, this is Clint, right? Don't we have to have an army to fight him? Wouldn't you not suppose that we need an army? Well, my Bible says that... Uh, Gideon took out his cell phone and he texted everybody he knew. <laughs> read it. It's right there in the Bible. You've got you to read your Bible like it's written. Okay. He sends out emails to everybody. And 32,000 men show up. Chapter 7, verse 2 and 3. The email system is tremendous. Just hit that button and out it goes. Got to have an army to fight. Okay. Well, no, you don't. Chapter 7, 
verses 2 through 7. God said to Gideon with this 32,000 people army, the people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel will become what? Look what I did, God. Oh, I'm so good. No, 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 you can't do that. That's not God working through you. That's you working through you. The people who are too many give Midian. For the Israel will become boastful, saying, my power has delivered me. Now, therefore, come, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is afraid, he's talking about the soldiers, whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from, from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Hold it there. Okay, good. I had 32,000 to start with. I only have 10,000 left. Well, that's not too bad. Of course, Midian's a pretty big army. The men who were afraid went home. We've got 10,000 left, and you know what? That's too many. God, you've got to be crazy. Have you ever told God he's crazy? Come on, look at me. Robert, look at me. I've got to pick on someone else besides Gary, Robert. I'm sorry. Have you ever got that impression that something's wrong here? God, I can't trust you. That's what we're talking about. Too many remain, verse, verse. The Lord said, the people who are too many, bring them down to the water. This is a crazy test. And I will test them for you. Therefore, it shall be that he of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, he'll go with you. But everyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, you shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue like a dog laps. Now, those of you who had pets, you understand that process. As well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now, the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt to drink. What's wrong with kneeling to drink the water? Come on. You got to dig. What's wrong with kneeling down and drinking the water? What? You can't see the enemy coming. But if you're lapping, you're going, your eyes are still peeled. Do you think God is crazy? Don't answer that. We're down to 300 men. I love their weapons. I mean, I just love their weapons. Anybody serve in the military? Let me see your hand. Really, seriously. Thank you. Thank you for serving in the military. I love, you love these weapons, Sim. I, I know you do. Okay? Yeah, we got grenade throwers. We got machine guns. We got rocket launchers. I'm sorry, Sim. That's not what they got. Let me look quick. Oh, let me look quick. Oh, trumpets. Empty pitchers. Torches. What are you kidding me, God? We can't get anything done with that equipment. You can't get anything done without that equipment. Because it's God's equipment, not yours. Wow. 
The results of obedience, chapter 7, verse 19 through 23, I need to read to you. Because <clears throat> Gideon now has 300 men. They're all equipped with their torches. They're all equipped with their pitcher. They all have a trumpet. Well, we need to find out whether that works or not. So Gideon and the 100 men, they, they broke the 300 men up to 100 each, okay? Gideon and the 100 men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. When they had just posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitcher that was in their hands. Broke the pit, that held the, they held the torches up in their left hand, the trumpet in their right hand for blowing and cried, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each stood in this place around the camp, and all of the army ran crying as they fled. Okay. When they blew 300 trumpets, have you ever heard 300 trumpets? When they blew 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one against one another, even throughout the whole army, and the army fled as Beth Shittah toward Zeroth, as far as the edge of Abel Mahoah to Tabith. What happens is this. We've got godly weapons, not man's weapons. We've got godly ideas, not man's ideas. Now, does God expect us to have ideas? Of course he does. Are we supposed to use our brain? Of course we are. Absolutely. But when it comes to the spiritual aspect of warfare, it's got to be God who's in control. His weapons in control. Trumpets, empty pitchers, and torches. And the result? They killed each other. Well, what can God do with people who love him and obey him? Well, Pastor Rudy, we're, we're kind of small. Yeah, I know that. Uh, he took a number that was, what, 63 here this morning? 63. I know there are visitors here this morning. I understand that. But we've got a lot of our regulars who are missing as well. As well. But thank God for who's here this morning. Are you looking at size? See, we don't need 32,000. Are you with me? What we need are men and women who are dedicated to God and who will say, I'll do what you ask me to do. What was that old song? I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll, well, I can't even remember the words. What, what can God do with people like New Hope who obey him? I'll tell you what we can do. We can defeat the enemy. The enemy is in this valley. You know that? The enemy is all over. I'm talking about demonic. I'm not talking about your neighbor who doesn't like this, your neighbor who doesn't like that. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm really, I'm talking about what's going on in the world today. This is not a fight against Republicans and Democrats and all this other garbage is going on. This is a fight against Satan and Christ, and Satan wants to destroy you and me. That's what this fight's about. And that's what our battle is about. Okay? We can defeat the enemy. But we're not qualified, Pastor, really. That's what Gideon said. Gideon said, not me, God. My family is no good, and I'm the, I'm the youngest in the family. Okay? God says we are qualified. If God has come into your heart and into your life, you're qualified to serve him. Doesn't matter what that rank may be, 
Whether you're up here or down, it doesn't matter. You're qualified to serve Him. He has put His life into you through giving His Son for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for me. What was the purpose of that? Just so you could sit back and relax? Did you go to college for four years or more so that you could sit in an office chair, just relax and do nothing and watch a TV screen? Or are you supposed to use what you've received? You and I have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We're now supposed to use that. God says we are qualified. Do hope you are qualified. We will use our spiritual weapons. <laughs> a pitcher that I have to break, a torch that I hold up, and a trumpet that I blow. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I would love to see this. Oh, God, I would love to see this. I would love to see everybody involved in this church with a torch and a trumpet in their hand marching down the street. I mean, I would, would uh, take, a, take a film of that and that will make us a million dollars. But that's the way we'll defeat the enemy, by taking the weapons that God gives us and the anointing that God gives us to do the job that God gives us to do. No excuses. No excuses. New hope, we have no excuses. We will smash our pitchers. We will raise our torches. We will blow our trumpets. And we will watch the devil run. And we'll watch souls get saved. That's why this church was built. It wasn't just so you could come every Sunday and clap your hands and hear a message and go home and have, or have potluck. God built this church to be a Gideon function where you come together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you take the weapons of God's warfare to your heart and you start using them day by day by day. This is our territory, New Hope. We are Gideon's army. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. No fear. Jesus Christ is here. Back to chapter 16, chapter 6, verse 16. Let me close with this. And you need to see this because this is the basis of everything we need to be. The Lord said to Gideon, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. That is ridiculous. But what he's saying is, if you hook up with me, You've got all of heaven behind you. All of the angels, the righteous angels that are with me, will deal with the issue of what they're doing. We'll deal with the, the nonsense of the enemy. We'll deal with the satanic. We'll deal with the demonic. Just hook up with me. You'll defeat them as though you were one man. Stop looking around at numbers around you and start looking around at how much you love each other and how much God loves you and what you can do with the equipment that God has given you to fight. Surely I will be with you. This is what you need to stand on. Surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as one man. What do you want, New Hope? Besides a pastor, and, I, and you need a full-time pastor, and that's what I'm praying for. What do you want? Whether you have a pastor full-time or not, what do you want? 
Don't you want this place filled with people who are finding Jesus as their Savior? Isn't that what you want? That's not going to come just because you get a pastor. Now, God bless us with a, with a pastor that will continue the flow of showing you who you are. But we need the torches. We need the pitchers. We need the trumpets. They come from God. That's God's arsenal. I won't see you anymore. I was, uh, AJ does a wonderful job for me getting my scriptures up on the wall for me so we can read to you. I call her every Saturday, give her my scriptures that I need. <laughs> I just got to throw this in. I said to her last night on the phone, you know, tomorrow will be my last day. And she said, Pastor, I'm looking forward to it. Do I need help or do I need help? <laughs> See, we love each other around here. We share with each other. We are in tune with each other. That's what makes a strong church. I knew what she meant, but I had to bring it up. <laughs> I won't see you anymore. We know that. I've got your names. I've got your telephone numbers. Trust me. I may just be calling you and checking up on you and seeing what you're doing, Gary. You know that we love you. I wish my wife were here to tell you that, but you know that she loved you too. So where do we go from here? We go forward. God has something for this church to do in this valley. Not in Tennessee, in this valley. We're going to Tennessee, and we're going to find out what God wants us to do. We'll be with family, and it'll be a rejoicing time for us. I have my youngest son who lives there already, and the other family coming around, so it's going to be, it's going to be good. But what are we going to do? I hope you don't forget, not me, but I hope you don't forget what I've said. I know you can't forget the short, dark, ruggedly handsome Italian. I understand that. That's not what I want. I want you to remember what I've said from my heart. This is a great church. And with God's help and God's weapons, we can do a great job for him in this valley. Amen? Amen. Pray, pray with me. Shut, bow your heads. Father, you're so good to us. We can't thank you enough for who you are. And if you can use someone like Gideon, you can use us. All we have to do is put our hand in your hand and trust you. And believe that the weapons that you give us to fight with are better than anything we could come up with. This is not a physical war. This is a spiritual war. I pray this morning, Lord, for every person in this room that you'll touch their hearts, touch their lives. Our friends, our guests that are here today, we're grateful that they're here. Whatever those needs may be, Lord, whatever we need right now in this room, 
I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to just stretch forth your hand. Let everyone in this room feel your touch right now, how much you love us. You've brought us together all these months. You've provided everything that was needed all these years in this church. I know you will continue to do that. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed for just a moment. Because there are many I don't know here. You know that we love the Lord. You know that Jesus died for us. If, if you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, and you feel God brought you here this morning to hear this message, that thrills me. I want to pray with you privately. I will not embarrass you. I don't do those things. But if you want to accept Christ as your Savior this morning, just raise your hand quickly. I'll see it, and I'll pray with you privately after the service is over. Anyone at all? Maybe everybody here knows Jesus. Wonderful. Praise God. I just want to make sure before we close the service. Okay. While your heads are bowed, can I ask you to pray for me and my family? Would you just raise your hand and say, yes, Pastor, we'll pray with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Father, how good. How good you've been to me all these months. How good you've been to this church all these years. How good you will continue to be if we take the attitude of Gideon that we can do anything if God tells us to do it. Doesn't matter what the odds look like. It matters whether God is in control. So I ask you, Father, bless this church. Bring the right man to pastor this church on a permanent basis, God. Do it, Father, do it. Show this church how powerful you are. And then show this community how powerful this church can be under your anointing. Thank you for all they've done. Thank you for the blessings to me and my family. Thank you for the kindships, the honor that we've received. I ask you to bless them, provide everything that is needed. Together we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We're going to give you a few minutes. We're going to have our baptismal service. We have